0: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: all righty welcome it is bowerly on news radio nine thirty W B E N. welcome to the program uh, thank you for your input on the situation with the uh, buffalo bills and uh, i must say i'm not terribly optimistic about the rest of the season, and uh, you know, I think the Ken Dorsey move today, uh, who knows, is that going to be the beginning of uh, even more moves by the Buffalo Bills? And sometimes it may be that uh, you need to acknowledge that people, however good they may be, have taken you as far as they are able to take you, and it is time to uh, move on. It's time to... Uh, say thank you very much, but we're going to head in a different direction. I uh, don't know what's going to happen down the pike for the football team. I have no idea. But um, I will say that, I, I, again, I, just, I feel terrible for uh, those of you who uh, basically your emotions, your lives ride up and down with the Buffalo Bills um, or any other football team. And as I said earlier, that uh, I kind of learned my lesson as a a young man with the Buffalo Sabres. And the moment, I can actually tell you, the moment I stopped being a huge fan of the Buffalo Sabres was (laughs) the moment Rick Dudley signed with the Cincinnati Stingers. Uh, I was 12 years old, and at that point I realized... Rick Dudley didn't care about me. He just cared about the money. And frankly, who could blame Rick Dudley? Who can blame anybody for caring about uh, the money? So, look, to me, I've said this before, it's entertainment. Uh, it is uh, uh, a fascinating – football to me is a fascinating game filled with all kinds of intricacies, that I don't understand uh, and it certainly is an absolutely brutal game on the body I mean, there's not many 40 year old uh, football players in the National Football League uh, I remember a few years ago uh, I'd, I'd have to do a bell curve on this but anyway um, I just look for those of you who uh, again your everything in your life is all about the Bills and Bills Mafia and everything I feel terrible for what you must be going through I really do but uh there are uh, there there are other things there are other things in life uh, from which you can derive tremendous enjoyment, uh, such as listening to David Bellavia, uh, listening to me, listening to Tom Puckett, listening to Brian Mezorowski, Susan Rose, Joe Beamer, Beaz and Beamer. Uh, there's plenty uh, out there. It was that a little bit too self-serving. Okay, uh, there's plenty out there, and uh, again, you know, my my biggest thing. With uh, the Buffalo Bills, is I just I'm sorry, but I just keep thinking back to the Cincinnati playoff game last year and the uh, conversation on the sideline between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. I did not think that that uh, augured well for this season, and uh, I don't particularly like the look on Josh Allen's face this year. It's not the same look that we saw on Josh's face. Uh, in in recent seasons, um, and I I don't like saying this, but it's almost like a, a look of uh, do I dare say this? It's almost like a look of defeat. It's almost like a look of uh, frustration. And uh, it's uh, it, it's disconcerting. I'll say that much. It is uh, very, very disconcerting uh, to see that. But, hey, it beats, in the old days, hmm, anybody remember the name Joe Ferguson, who is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills? One of the things I did not like about Joe Ferguson is he'd make a bad play. He'd throw an interception or something, and he would basically – go off the field looking like he needed severe antidepressants. Uh, he, I mean, he he would just like slowly go off the field, and he looked uh, – he, he just looked terrible. Jim Kelly comes in, and okay, Jim Kelly makes a boneheaded play. He basically would slap his hands together and uh, get ready for the next series in which he was going to be a uh, participant. So um I I I don't know I am just I'm just a little bit I'm a little bit concerned um and you can't put everything on one man but when one man is uh, such a huge part of your offense uh you know I I do kind of wonder uh where where is our Josh Allen where where did that guy go and I found myself thinking that uh, last night, and I found myself thinking that uh, more and more in recent weeks, where did, where did Josh Allen go? Um, I'd really like to know because that's not the same guy that I've been seeing the past few years that I fell in love with. And I would call it a man crush. I would. Anyway, uh, something I want to spend a little bit of time with today, and uh, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but uh, you know we're, we're doing uh, – well, Roswell Park is uh, doing a thing. On uh, prostate cancer, prostate cancer screening event at Keybank Center on Thursday, November 16th. That's this Thursday from 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. There will be appearances by Sabres alumni, a tour of Key Bank Center, refreshments, and more. Participants are asked to register in advance by going to roswellpark.org slash one goal. And if you're a man, 45 to 69, you are eligible, so register today, and attending this one event has the potential to save your life. And I want to spend a little bit of time today, and I know it might not be the sexiest topic in the world, but... You know, we did a show a few months ago on cancer, and it was quite a moving show, and it was quite an educational show. And one of the things that struck me is I thought we were going to get a lot more breast cancer calls than we got. The most of the calls we got from those of you who are survivors of cancer uh, involved colorectal cancer and basically the importance of having colonoscopies. And I look, I I absolutely believe in the importance of uh, colonoscopies. And obviously, many of you listening to the show have had personal experiences with them that uh, turned out to save your life. Now, the uh, prostate situation, uh, do we get into? It's a walnut-sized gland, and it's located. I don't think we need to go there. But for those of you who have uh, had prostate cancer, or your husbands or boyfriends have had prostate cancer. Just just out of curiosity, how was it, in fact, detected? Uh, was it detected with the notorious DRE, the Digital Rectal Exam, which basically involves a doctor... Uh, Lubing up a finger and inserting it in your butt and feeling around and making sure that the prostate feels normal. And, uh, you know, very few people really like it, including the doctors, by the way, but it's something that that has to be done. I mean, very few people like it. I'm sure some people absolutely love it, but uh, but that's a digital rectal exam. And another thing that uh, men are very curious about is uh, you know what what is their PSA number? What is their prostate specific antibody number? And uh, as far as uh, the Roswell Park thing on Thursday uh, from three until seven p.m. Um, uh, at at KeyBank Center, I I'm just I'm just kind of curious how you or your loved one had the prostate cancer detected to begin with. Was it blood work that showed elevated PSAs? Was it the digital rectal exam? How did your prostate cancer get discovered? And I think this is a very important topic, even though prostate cancer and cancer in general does not tend to run in my family uh, thank God. I mean, we just we just have heart issues, but uh, fortunately, not too much uh, in the way of uh, of cancer. But how how was it detected? And it basically, how did it uh, how did it affect your life? And you might encourage somebody to go and take advantage of this uh, prostate cancer screening situation that they're doing at KeyBank Center on Thursday. And you might up, you might end up saving their lives. And I think that's kind of important. Um, I know several people who have been prostate cancer survivors, and I know that at a certain age, with certain situations, they basically take a wait-and-see attitude. Um, some people have had surgery on it, which uh, doesn't sound frankly like a whole lot of fun to me, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious how it was detected for you and a loved one and uh, what it did for your life, what it did to your life i'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about that if that's okay with you if you if, if if you don't mind uh i i would like that very much and this is not personal this is about people listening to the program you might be very well helping them out um and again it's a part of the body that uh, you know especially men uh, we don't really like to talk about it that much um, and fortunately, I've got a urologist who's got a great sense of humor, and uh, he lets me get away with being extremely inappropriate during the digital rectal exam because misery makes sport to mock itself Shakespeare. Uh, 803-0930, how, how was your prostate cancer or your lover, your, your husband's prostate cancer actually discovered? And what was, what was the treatment like? And how is your life now? Just kind of curious. I think this is a very interesting and a very uh, important topic. 803 0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1 800 616 WBEN. So, yeah, I've been doing these uh, public service announcements on uh, Roswell Park and the uh, prostate cancer screening event on Thursday. And it just dawned on me, Tom. Here's an ideal topic for you, and it might actually do some good, so why don't you spend a little time talking about it, and that's exactly what I plan on doing. How was your prostate cancer discovered? Uh, Was it blood work? Was it the digital rectal exam? Was it some other way? And as far as the uh, digital rectal exam, um, I'm just going to say this, okay? Um, It's not that big a deal. I mean, what your wife or girlfriend has to go through at the gynecologist, they're a lot stronger than you are. I mean, you're just getting a finger in your butt for a few seconds. It's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. It's not painful, and it's something that everybody has to do, and who knows, you might end up liking it. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben Uh, At least that's what my doctor told me. Uh, Here is uh, Stan in Elma. Stan, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the show.
2: Good morning, (laughs) afternoon.
1: Sir, Uh, you're on WBEN. Hello.
2: Yes, hello. Oh, Can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. Go right ahead.
2: Okay, yes. I've had prostate cancer for the last 14 years. It was uh, diagnosed through the blood, the PSA, uh, and I went to see a urologist where he examined me and then we did a biopsy and I was found to have uh, about half and half. Uh, it wasn't a very aggressive cancer. Uh, he wanted to do surgery uh, right away and I said no. I wanted a second opinion. So I went to Roswell and got a second opinion and the doctor said uh, I would live for 40 years before I die of prostate cancer. Not to, there are people there to you know, get very aggressive Prostate cancer. I know people that had it in their uh, 40s. Oh, yeah. Mine was diagnosed at 59, and I've been living with it for just doing what they call active surveillance for the last 14 years.
1: You mean like Kathy Hochul's doing in New York State? The active surveillance gave me a really good <laughs> yeah. feel. Gave, yeah, well, gave me a really good feeling. Uh, David Bellavi was yeah. talking about that today, and uh, believe me, I know I know a little bit something about surveillance and what it's like to be under surveillance, and you can yeah. actually have fun with it over time. Uh, but. Uh, active surveillance is what they're doing you've got 40 years so you basically are going the the you are going to outlive the cancer
2: yeah he said i'd die of something else
1: <laughs> before no, I that's 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 very encouraging uh but yeah. you know we we all hey look we're all going to go at some point of something but you know it's it's these things like prostate cancer somebody's in their 40s and they've got uh, uh, you know, like say, on Thursday they're going to be screening men forty-five to sixty-nine years of age. Somebody in their forties or fifties with aggressive prostate cancer—obviously, you're talking about a life-risking uh, situation. You got to get that taken care of.
2: Yes, you do. I've uh, I've had several friends uh, that basically we all work together, and we all three of us came up with prostate cancer, and two of us had the low grade and one had a, a higher grade or higher aggressiveness and he had to have uh, radiation and uh, uh,
1: whatever. Do, do you think there's any relationship uh, between your employment and your propensity toward prostate cancer? Uh,
2: Well, sometimes without, they say without
1: naming your employer, of course.
2: Well, uh, I was a Vietnam veteran and they say if uh, you were exposed to agent orange, that there's a possibility you get prostate cancer.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Agent Orange. You mean the stuff that the government told you guys uh, 30 years ago wasn't causing any problems, and it turned out it caused major issues?
2: It, well, it causes all kinds of issues, but prostate cancer is one of the indicators too, It's one of the cancers that uh, usually develops.
1: Yeah, but they, you know, they they care about they care about our veterans, but uh, just don't claim that Agent Orange did anything to your body or burn pits or anything like that. Uh, lying yeah. bastards but anyway sorry i get a little bit uh i, I get a little bit <laughs> upset when i think about what you guys sacrificed for your country and the sacrifice goes on decades afterwards uh it, I it, wouldn't, you
2: know the thing i could say is if you haven't been screened go get screened because it's not a matter of if it's when um,
1: most- when when they did the psa on you did they follow it up with the uh, digital rectal exam
2: uh yes, well I I was in the military, so I got that every year.
1: <laughs> and it's and would you just echo me and say it's not that bad at all? I mean, there's so many worse things than a digital rectal exam.
2: Just just to be a little bit uh, funny, as uh, one time I went into the doctor and he says, "Well, we just did one uh, the last uh, time you were here. We'll just dispense with it." And I looked at him and said, "That's the most fun part of the thing." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Uh, I once told my doctor, you know, let's do it at some point. But I'm on a high fiber diet right now, and I'm pretty sure you don't want to go there. Uh, 428. He was grateful. I might add. 428 at News Radio 930 W B E N. Want to take? Definitely want to spend some time talking about this prostate cancer. Hey, we've done breast cancer, prostate cancer. You or the man in your life, how is it detected, and is it manageable? Is it being treated? Uh, how are you doing now? Because it's common, and the sooner they can get at it, the better it is for you. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben No, I am not a doctor. Welcome, friends. It is Bowerly, uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. So, uh, doing something that was staring me right in the face here. Uh, and I want to spend a little more time on it. Uh, prostate cancer. Uh, Roswell Park is doing a prostate cancer screening event at Key Bank Center uh, Thursday from 3 until 7. Sabres alumni will be there. A tour of Key Bank Center refreshments and more. You are asked to register in advance by going to roswellpark.org one goal. Men 45 to 69 are eligible to so register today. And attending this event has the potential to save your life. And I'm asking you about you or the man in your life. How were they diagnosed with the prostate cancer? Uh, Did they treat it? Was there surgery? Was there radiation? Uh, How are things going now? And again, I know it's uh, kind of a part of the body that most people don't like to talk about. But, uh, you know, we're all human. And like opinions, we all have one. Uh, Here is uh, Terry in Ohio. Terry. Well, you know what I'm talking about, not a prostate, but, uh, you know. Uh, here is Terry in Ohio. You're on WBEN. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, Tom. How you doing?
1: Uh, well, uh, a little bit disappointed uh, last night. You're, are you going to be my 12th man in the field? But uh, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Hopefully uh, you're doing was, well, too.
4: I thought they played well, but they just made too many mistakes at the
1: end. Yeah, we may have a difference of opinion, but let, let's talk about your prostate instead, shall we? Sure. Uh,
4: 2018, I went to the doctor for a general checkup, and they did blood work. And a couple of days later, they called me up and said, uh, you have cancer. Let's set oh. you up with a urologist. So I went to the urologist. He said, "My, uh, I have 12 markers on my prostate. I guess everybody does. And two of them were cancerous. And he said, "Your whatever the rating is, it was at 9.4." So he said, "You have three options: you can let it go, take your chances, radiation, or surgery." So I, we talked, and it seemed like radiation was the best option for me. So I went to a special place in Dayton, Ohio. It was called CyberKnife. Well,
1: I, I don't need. I don't what need the, do, the names. They, okay, no names, please.
4: Sorry. Uh, what they do? They just uh, the radiation is pinpointed right to those markers because they try and uh, eliminate any other damage to any other part of the body. I mean, there was some tissue damage done to my rectum, but that couldn't be helped. So anyway, I went there for a week. Uh, I had to, you know, take laxatives and different diet. I had to watch what I eat and what they do, they put you on a table in a lead encased room and they, point this thing toward you for 25 minutes, then they give you a five-minute break, and they change the head on it for 10, 15 minutes, and then you change it again for five. So I went there for a week, and then I, I came home, and I haven't been back there since. It's no longer there. So anyway, I went to my urologist, and I've been following up twice a year now. And each time I go, my prostate reading is down, down, down. The last time I went, he said, it's basically nothing. It's as flat as a pancake and your are reading 0.4. So I'm pretty happy with that. And in December, it'll be five years. So I'll go back to him and see if I'm cancer-free if I beat this thing.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope uh, you you did. Um, what what did they tell you? Obviously, I do. But uh, what what did they tell you uh, last time you were in there about the uh, about the prognosis? Looking forward to the future.
4: He said it looks very good. He said your prostate is flat as a pancake, so basically it's really nothing to worry about. So, like I said, I'll go in December, maybe the first part of January, and make it official that maybe I've, I'm cancer free.
1: So, um, just out out of curiosity, with something like prostate cancer, is is five years the point at which you can say that you are cancer-free, or is it longer than that?
4: Well, as far as I know, it's five years. It may be longer, but I'm I'm thinking five years just because of the way uh, my doctor acted. He seemed like nothing's wrong. You know, the last time I went, you know, everything's fine. So, I'm assuming it's five years. It may be longer.
1: So uh, one of the the things I I think a lot of doctors um, have an issue with, and this uh, particularly was true, I think, before the advent of the uh, PSA testing, uh, in which I think Buffalo played a huge role in that, if I'm not mistaken. But the uh, digital rectal exam, Uh, have you ever, I mean, seriously, have you ever heard men, myself included, whine so much about something that is absolutely nothing
4: I haven't heard too many complaints about it. It's definitely uncomfortable, but I mean it's necessary. So you just grin and bear it, I guess. Yeah, but I but, well, or you
1: bear, or you bear and grin at it. I mean, one or the other. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, guess. but 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 men see what what women have to go through at the gyno is absolutely ridiculous, and especially some women who have survived certain kinds of breast cancer. I'm not even going to tell you what they have put inside of them, but it's huge, and I don't know how they can accommodate it, but they do, and they also have to deal with uh, the DRE, and yet they don't complain about it like men. I mean, we get so upset over a man or a woman uh doing that with their fingers inside of us and it's just not a big deal at all uh and and it's like oh my goodness it's nothing why are, why are you getting so bent out of shape about it there's nothing to it i mean the most uncomfortable part is afterwards with the extra goop <laughs> yeah. go home and take a shower i, I guess
4: yeah. <laughs> Men just, uh, I mean, it's such an uncomfortable feeling. And women, uh, maybe they're made tougher than we are. That's why they can give birth.
1: I'm pretty sure that you've hit on something there. But, uh, no, what what women have to go through, um, I mean, talk to, talk to your wife sometime about the joys of a pap smear, the joys of a mammogram. These are not pleasant things that they've got to go through. We've got it pretty easy as men. So, you know what? You want to give me a digital rectal exam? Give me all you got.
4: That's it. That's it. Yeah, you're right. My wife, when I get a head cold, I'm usually kind of down and and complain. And she says, you're a big baby, man. You can't take anything. It's a good thing you don't have to have kids. (laughs) Well, I think think
1: there's something, you know what, there's actually a show topic in there. Who's tougher, men or women? And I think women are tougher than men. Although, I will say that we've done shows on the worst pain you've ever experienced. And kidney stones actually rated worse among my callers, female callers, than did childbirth.
4: Well, kidney stone, I had one. I got my booster for COVID after, and the second one. After the second or about two hours later, I developed a kidney stone, and that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I, it really affected me. Terry, uh, I ended up in the hospital for a little while, but then I finally passed that stupid thing.
1: Thank you. Oh, but- Terry, I, you know what? The, the most recent one I had, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and it wouldn't budge, so they had to go in and get it. And it was the most common kind there is. And I can't, I'm not supposed to eat. It's really funny because the, it's funny because you get to this point in life where, okay, the heart doctor says, here's what you should eat. But wait a minute. If you want to avoid kidney stones, here's what you shouldn't eat. So basically I'm going to live on water and chicken for the rest of my life.
4: I can believe it. Yep, I can believe it. I was told to stay away from dairy, but I don't think that affected it because I've been drinking dairy ever since. and. Not a problem. I think it was just one of those things. Maybe my system was not attuned to the second booster for COVID, and it had an effect on
1: me. Oh, I'm sure sure it was just a coincidence, like my edema after the... Just a coincidence. I'm sure there was no relationship at all between the two. And the fact that the only variable that changed between A and B was your COVID shot. Just a coincidence. <clears> That's
4: because you know, I haven't had it since.
1: So, well, Terry, thank you. I haven't you. developed anything. Th- thank you very much. You? I, uh, I appreciate the call. And uh, by the way, some of my doctors are absolutely on the same page as I. Others are a little less forthcoming uh, when I bring that up to them. But uh, let's put it this way. No doctor has ever insisted that I get the booster, which is good because that ain't going to happen. Um, here is. But look, you make your own decisions based on yourself, Okay. Russ in Clarence, you're on WBen. So, uh, try to give a little publicity to this uh, prostate cancer screening Thursday at KeyBank Center, and want to find out how your prostate cancer was uh, diagnosed.
3: Well, I had a blood test, and um, my Gleason score was at four. So they sent me for biopsies, and biopsies, two of them came back hot. So they, I had the seeds implanted. And that was in 2010, and in 2015, my Gleason score uh, jumped back up to a four again. So I went to uh, a clinic out of state, and they did cryotherapy, and they went in and froze the prostate. Oh. And I've been clear ever since that happened. And now my Gleason score, or my count, my PSA count.
1: Is at point .2. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it's about where where mine is. I don't. Uh, prostate cancer is one of those things I I don't really uh, worry about. Uh, ho- hold on, Russ. Uh, if if you don't mind, I want to find out some more from you on uh, WBN. If you're just joining us. Uh, Uh, Talking about prostate cancer, we've certainly done shows on cancer in general, and we've done shows on breast cancer. But in light of what uh, Roswell Park is doing Thursday with the prostate cancer screening, I'm kind of curious how you were diagnosed and how you're doing now. And if you are a woman, the man in your life, how was he diagnosed and uh, how is how is the dude doing? Does the dude abide? 803 0930 star 930 and 1-800-616-WBEN uh, that was a line from the big Lebowski which is on Netflix now uh, hey look I know it's not the sexiest topic in the world but it just might save lives uh, I'm, I would like to think that our cancer show and our heart attack show saved lives and if not in the recent past, it will in the future. And uh, prostate cancer. I've never done a show on prostate cancer. How was yours diagnosed? How are you doing now? How did they treat it? Uh, And if you're a woman, obviously, well, you hopefully, if that's what you want, have a man in your life. How was theirs discovered? Um, And... You know, I, I admit, uh, you know, I tend to be a big baby when I get uh, when I get sliced into. Uh, back to uh, Russ in uh, Clarence on WBEN. So uh, the place you went, they used cryotherapy. They actually were able to freeze uh, the parts of your prostate which were problematical, correct?
3: That's correct. And um, after that, they said uh, if it was to come back, That they would have to take the prostate out because the cryotherapy once the cryotherapy was done there was no more other treatments they could do after that but again take the prostate out and i got to tell you uh i go for a checkup and uh i do blood
1: work and knock on
3: wood i've been good and
1: that makes me happy (laughs) Well, I'm sure it does. Just out of curiosity, you had mentioned uh, getting a biopsy, and I've had a few biopsies uh, in my life, and uh, um, kind of an interesting place in which to find oneself, but how how painful was the prostate biopsy, because, uh, you know, we all know where the prostate is located, and uh, I would imagine it's uh, not the most comfortable place to have biopsied. Yeah, it's...
3: Eh, they took twelve samples the first time and thirteen samples the second time, and they they, they like go in and snip it, oh. and uh, they don't give you any
1: anesthetic.
3: <laughs> Anesth- you know. Um,
1: no, to, uh, they didn't even give you twilight. It. No twilight sedation. Oh no. no. Oh good lord. Um, well, I, the first I cert- time
3: for the for the seeds they did. For the seeds, they did. They gave me uh, some kind of twilight.
1: Okay, well that's that's and, that's good. I mean, be twi- well, twilight me anesthesia is exactly what, what it did. sounds like.
3: Yeah, they gave me a spinal.
1: Um oh. Is what they did,
3: and it, it it doesn't take long to put the seeds in, but then you can't leave until you, until you uh, pass some urine, and it was like I had that at six o'clock in the morning. At eleven o'clock, they came in, and I still couldn't. He said, "Well." <laughs> Go go and get a cup of coffee or something and come back, which I did. And I was able to pass urine and you know so I'm good.
1: <laughs> it is, well, I'm I'm it hap- I'm happy, is, happy to right. hear it's that. But the, the pain the pain after the biopsy was manageable. Oh
3: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Good. Yeah, it's you know,
3: for maybe eight hours it kinda of twinges. But after they did that cryotherapy you know, now that was in Ohio, and I had to come back to Buffalo. That was kind of rough, sitting down and, and traveling. So um, I, they didn't give me any pain pills, but the pain was there, and uh, I did some other uh, type of my own therapy, and it worked out really well. <laughs> without getting into it. But you can imagine, your own, your it's
1: legal now. So. Oh, I think I, I'm catching the drift. Uh, does it involve yeah. uh, something that one might inhale or perhaps eat as an edible? Well, it
3: was it was an inhalation.
1: <laughs> Understood. I, I understand these things. Uh, thank you kindly. I appreciate the uh, phone call very, very much. Um, yes, uh, it, you know what? There's nothing. Uh, even before it was legal, I had people who are law-abiding citizens, say, look, my mother has cancer. She's not eating, so I'm going to go out and get her some weed because I don't care if I get arrested. I cannot stand the fact that mom isn't eating. And, uh, you know, every everybody made it home without getting busted. Uh, it is uh, 457 at News Radio 930 WBEN. And it's the strangest thing now to see people walking around just openly with weed like, Wow, I can remember in the 70s when the Rockefeller drug laws would have put you behind bars for decades. Um, 457 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, um, we can continue this if you want after 5 o'clock. We can get into some other things if you want. Um, if you want me to continue this, you can load up the phones at 803 0930 star 930 and 1 800 616 WBEN. And uh, look, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but guys. If, uh, if you're not quite 40 years old or maybe you're past 40 and you haven't yet had your first uh, uh, taste of uh, digital rectal exam, you know, the finger in the butt, really don't worry about it. It's absolutely no big deal. Although I did have a lady doctor once, and I'm pretty sure she used the jackhammer approach. Oh, and it that was a little bit... Yeah, I, I, aren't you glad I'm talking into this um it was a little bit awkward but uh, it worked out in the end a lot of openings in that field all right i'm done 458 at news radio 930 wben
0: tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports
1: the clock at 4 doncic the step back 3 you bitch